Whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Welcome to the Save Nine service from the True Vine Cathedral with God's servants, Reverend William Abu. At the Save Nine service, you are nourished, revitalized, empowered as you listen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Wow. We are blessed again to be here again on another Saturday evening. This is safe night. And if you are at home watching, um, you are welcome into the presence of God. Amen. I don't want you to take, to take for granted the times, these times we are in. Because um, like Bishop, Bishop has been saying, Bishop Doug has been saying, it's always life is in seasons. So seasons come and go and um, it is your responsibility to make the best of every season that you um, that we have amen close your eyes let's pray uh, the keyboard is you will not play the keyboard it's nicer when the keyboard is playing like during the preachings it's not too quiet let's pray i want you to pray for yourself where, wherever you are at home just ask the holy spirit to talk to you um, this this evening Ask him to um, explain. He's the spirit of revelation. God, ask him to open your eyes to see clearly what God is trying to show you this evening. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have here again to gather as, as Christians in our various homes and also online um, to share your word. The Bible says that your word is a lamp unto our feet, the light unto our path. Without your word, we will not be able to see clearly where we are going. This evening, as your word comes to us again, we ask that Holy Spirit, you will give us revelation. Open our ears to hear. Open our eyes to see. Open our hearts to believe and to receive your word. Lord, may your word not fall to the ground and not bring, bring forth fruit, but may every word that, that finds a heart to fall in, may that word do well and may it bring back fruit many times over to be a blessing to us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so if you're at home, I'm, you know what we do. I save church. We go to church with a Bible notebook uh, and a pen. And you should have your Bible and your notebook and your pen by you um, as, as I share these things. But, um, so this evening, for, for, for a few minutes, I'm going to continue what I began to talk about last week. And this month, I said that this month, we are talking about taming the tongue amen and the reason why in, in fact this this phrase is from the bible um it is the bible that said that said it that used the expression taming tame to tame the tongue and last week when i read it to you you will see that it's almost as if the situation was hopeless because james was describing how wild animals can be tamed people use lions and tigers for um, circuses, if, if you look what a circus is, people go and catch wild lions or tigers. They're able to tame them or something, and then they use them for a, a circus. And the lions jump through hoops and different kinds of things. But a lion is not the kind of thing that you play with. But even that one, human beings are able to, you know, able to bring them under control. We've, we've done 
different things that that's that seemed impossible you know but one of the things that and, and this is and this is the bible is one whole book of prophecy and james prophesies here also and says that human beings are able to tame all sorts of things bring other things to control a ship is very big on the sea but the thing that controls it is a small rudder small when it turns it's, it turns a whole big ship to the to the right or to the left but then james says that verse verse james chapter 3 verse 8 it says but no man can tame the tongue Eesh. it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison hallelujah but we believe that by the grace of the holy spirit by the help of the holy spirit we will be able to tame our tongues say amen, amen. i'm not hearing you say amen at home amen, amen. And so we began to discuss this um, last week. Last week I was showing you, and, then, and, and this tongue, there are many different kinds of poisons that you can find in the tongue. But I'm starting from somewhere. The first poison that we are addressing is the poison of lies. Amen. And you may not have seen it so, but as I, I continue to explain it to you, you will see that actually um, your tongue contains a lot of deadly poison it's james said it james 3 deadly poison and one of them is lying lies you know and, and if, if you will be honest with yourself without telling yourself lies as we are talking about lies you will know that you will see that you are you have been lying they're lying you know it's there amen okay so so you don't do like it doesn't concern you you know it, it, it concerns you and if there's anything I've learned in my, in this, my, short, my short life as a Christian, I have learned that the things that you determine, the, the, when you hear God's word, when you learn God's word, when you determine to let it rule your life, um, not, not, it doesn't take a very long time before you begin to see that word actually becoming real in your life. Because the word of God itself, eh, it's a living organism. It has its own, its own life. And when you allow God's life, God's word into your life, a certain new life comes to make you. The Bible says it, it is him that, that, uh, that is in that, uh, what, how does he even say it? To, to will and to do. That, there's a verse like that, you know, that, like the, the wanting to do the thing, it comes from God. And then the doing also comes from God. So it's, it's like almost like you're doing nothing. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, so you, all you have to do is to determine that what I am hearing, I am going to let it um, rule my life. Amen. So last sat- Saturday, I was explaining to you that there are many different kinds of lies. I chose three to try and explain to you so you can identify them in your own life. And I'm saying that what we are learning, it is for you to apply, first of all, to your own life before you start to try to identify it in other people's lives. So the first type of lie I, I, I explained to you was a bare-faced lie where you are looking at the person's face and the lie is complete. Like, the whole thing you are saying is a lie. There's nothing that is true about it. That's a, like a complete lie. That's a bare-faced lie. It's this clear, blatant lie. You know. And I said that usually that one when we are small, small children that we tell those ones, Pah. but as you grow older, you start to, to become sophisticated. Then you, you come to the half-truth 
so this one you mix the lie with a truth so half of the thing you are saying is true another part is lie but it's a lie but it's hard for the person to to tell the person can suspect that you are telling him a lie but because of the half the truth the half part which is true he becomes confused and is more inclined to believe what you are saying that's a half truth sometimes a half truth can be that you have the whole thing you are saying is a truth but that's not the whole truth you get like everything you have said is true but there's another truth that you didn't say if you had said it the person would have taken a different decision and i gave you the example of what the devil did to eve in the garden of eden when he told them all the different things but he didn't tell them one that he kept that one in his back pocket you get it so that's a half truth then the last one is the one i talked about the in last week was lying by omission where also you were saying something but then there's an, another important fact that you live out intentionally you leave it out intentionally and the idea of living it out intentionally is so that the person the person is not able to form a f- total judgment like to to see the full picture you know of what you are what you are saying and i gave you the example of laban what laban did to jacob he, he knew he was going to give Leah to Jacob to marry as the, as the first daughter. But he didn't say it to him. He let the guy work for seven years, thinking that he was going to get Rachel. Only for him to now be told after the seven years that you don't marry the older, do- the older daughter before the younger one. So well, if you want the younger one, another seven years. You get it? That's, this is lying by omission. They didn't say that. They didn't say it. Will you, will you give your daughter to me tomorrow? Yes. What my say? Oh, you work for me for seven years. I'll whatever. But don't. He doesn't say that I will give you the older one first. We don't marry the older one, the younger one before the older one. Amen. Then the last one I didn't talk about last week um, is a cover up. A cover up is also a lie. You see, it's a type of lie. And a cover up usually you you see. So so let me read what, what I have. It says a cover up may be used to deny or to defend. Or this is a big word, but or obfuscate a lie, errors, embarrassing actions, or lifestyle, or a lie that has been told previously. So a cover-up is that you have told one lie already, but you know I'm going to show you. See, lies by their nature don't hide for long. You get it. Lies the way they are they are made. They don't hide for long. So what happens is that when you tell a lie, it may be a bare-faced lie, a half-truth, or a lie by omission, you may need a cover-up to make the first lie survive. What I'm saying, is it making sense to you? Yeah. Yeah, often, it's, that's how it is. It's, so you see that people who tell lies, tell lies in chains. You need to have a second lie to cover the first one to keep it going, or else... The whole thing just falls apart. So you have a bare-faced lie. You have a um, half-truth. You have lying by omission. Then you also have cover-ups. And if you look at you, you see that uh, some of you, all these four are, are there. Like you, 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 you apply them at, the, at different times as appropriate. Yeah. So there's nobody who is listening to me right now can see that. Uh, this thing, last, Sunday, when, last Saturday when I was here, we were talking about this. They say this thing. Uh, tailors. They say tailors. They use half truths, lying about mission, cover up. Like I mean, they blend all of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so, so like, 
oh, that better than Sabeka at Adeno. Oh, with their mommy, two weeks. Newsy. So, two weeks, that's the first one that is. When you call him, it's near two weeks when you call him. Then you know that he's going to tell. You see, if it's a lie, it is too whatever. But you have to ask, oh, me call a year being tea, like, oh, say, a year being a me call a tea, you get it. But he went to a year, it's true. But what he's not telling you also is that the material, he has not cut it yet. He has not yet cut it. What does that say? <laughs> yes. So, if you work with tailor's plan, sometimes you have to go to the, the tailor shop and sit there and say, show me the thing where, where you have reached. Then, at that point, he needs a cover-up. You get it? It's like he has to now some, something to... Because if he's not going to show you the material that he has not yet cut... Or he has cut, but he has not yet begun to sew. He needs a cover-up for that whole thing to not become a fiasco. Okay, so tell us uh, this thing. A very good example <laughs> of people. I didn't say it. <laughs> Amen. But I want, to show, I want to share with you a few things today. I, I don't want to preach in for a long time um, on Saturday. So, so I, want to, I want us to look at a, a few um, Reasons why lying is a, an important subject for us to discuss. Reasons why lying is dangerous. Telling lies is a dangerous thing, you know. And and, and please, um, you know, when I was when I became a Christian, we took we took literally what the Bible said. Today, I find that modern Christians have a way of. Um, reducing the weight of what God's word is saying, sometimes by spiritualizing what is being said. So instead of taking the thing like literally, if the Bible says you will die, the, the, the soul that sinneth shall die. Instead of taking it like, like that, that it, the sinning can actually make you die coughing death. We'll say, oh, you know, dying is not... But there are some, some sins, they kill you. There are some sins that kill you. You see, so you don't, it's not that you say, oh, the Bible says that the soul that sinned shall die. You see, in the old, in the, in Moses' time, when, when you do some, there are some of the things that when you do, the, when you do wrong, like some of the sins that when you commit, you are supposed to be brought into the center. You call a meeting of everybody. They will bring you to the market square. Everybody will take a stone and stone you. That sin that you committed, it has brought death to you. So when the Bible says the soul that the soul that sinner shall die, it's not that oh you know it's, you got you you don't understand Bible interpretation. See, this, we are taking a thing like you die real real. You die real real. <laughs> yes, you die real 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 dying. That and you see until you have become a Christian who takes God's word for what it is literally you will not grow at the rate God expects you to grow. Um, I think I'm preaching. Until you take it, and, and that's how when I, when, I was, when I became a Christian, that's how I, everything I read, I, I, took it very, I took it like, hey, this is very serious. You know, I was telling my story about how one day I was reading my New Testament and I saw, it uh, said, um, he who says to his brother, you fool shall be in danger of a distant uh, uh, hellfire or something. I said, hey, because in those, I was in secondary school at that time, and secondary school at that time, oh, kwasia, kwasia. Kwasia is a normal thing. It's, oh, kwasia. Kwasia is not, it's not even an insult anymore. I would have a kwasia. Hey, would have a jimmy. 
you see oh. so i was wondering ah but this thing like we say it's like even in, if you bring it in english you know you fool oh. you fool oh, right you fool, you fool ah. so when i read the thing i said ah are you sure because all the boys here they say it but the bible says anyone who says to his brother you fool without a reason like if you you, you fool you are in danger of a judgment or hellfire or something hey when i saw it eh? And from that day, I said, fool, it will not. If the person is a fool, I will just. <laughs> and let's continue life. Because I was afraid of what the Bible was. But you, even today, children, children, Christian children, they will say, oh, Reverend William Pa, you fool cannot, kill, cannot take someone to hell. But that, that's, why, that's why all the things you should have taken very seriously in God's way, you don't take them that seriously. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I'm saying that, and I'm about to read to you some things. And then show you some scriptures that say these things, which is the attitude that God's word has and God himself has toward lying. And I want you to take those very seriously. Like what you are hearing, that is what will happen. And let that thing try and keep you from becoming a person who lies. Am I making sense? Because until, until the fear of the consequence of that action is real to you, you will not be able to overcome it. And you play it down, you take it for granted, like it's not, it's not that serious. But it's a, it's a very serious thing. And I was saying last, last Saturday that there are many sins. Every sin is a sin. The wages of sin is a, every sin is a sin. But, there, but it, see, if you look in the Bible, it seems as if God's attitude towards some sins is more drastic than others. And I was, I was explaining to that, I don't worship. He, 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 he doesn't like it at all. At all. Because idol worship, idol worship tells him that somebody, something else or somebody else is taking his place in your life. And God is jealous towards us. Hmm. Hey. You wouldn't understand what I'm saying. This is not normal church. If it was normal church, like you know that uh, this thing. But this is online church, so I have to be cool about the way I'm uh, I'm doing it. See, I'm even standing here by the pulpit. I'm not even moving uh, because the camera is looking at me. Yes. If it was normal church, like I've gone here and gone and come, you know how it will, it will be like. Yeah. What I'm saying is it making is it making sense to you? God, look. That's not, the topic is not is not this is not the topic for today. But I feel like saying it. When the Bible says God is a jealous God, his jealousy is towards us. God is afraid that something like you see him. We think that you know, I had somebody saying sometime that some time ago, some time ago that uh, that thing we say that um uh, is it I, I take you as my Lord and personal Savior. Like, I take you, I take you. It's not you taking him. It's not you taking him. It's, not, it's, it's as if like, I, I have chosen to make you my Lord and personal. No, 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 no. Look, the only reason why you are responding to that, you are responding that way, is because he he did something to he's been pulling at your heart for long. God is afraid that something else will take his place in your heart. 
and when he sees anytime he sees something look i'll tell you something and you know you, you are small children people's people's wives have been killed because they were almost taking their god's place in the person's heart you understand it it's too dangerous to be seen You love you love her too much. There's some there's some guys like they are like Charlie, romantics. <laughs> am I preaching to K Church and J Church people, or am I I'm talking to who am I preaching to? As soon as God sees that something is coming, so I'm saying that I'm I'm only saying all of these things to show you that there are sins. All of them are important. Are sins? They are bad. But there are some some of them. God doesn't like it, and one of them is it is one lying yeah and so and so i want to show you and i want to show you why why he why it's like that or what will happen to you when you when you tell lies so my time is finishing so let's get into it number one the first reason why lying is it's a poison you know lies are poison or and are dangerous is because Lies destroy your conscience. Lies destroy your conscience. Lies destroy your conscience. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons speaking lies in hypocrisy is he is he i'm not even look at what he's saying you know giving heed means listening to listening to the deceiving spirits and is they listen to the deceiving spirits and then the doctrines doctrines of demons and then now they begin to also speak the lies so you see, in the first place, like I was telling you, when you see, any time you see that there is lying in a place, it is a, it is a sure sign of the presence of demons. Like me, I don't, I, I don't have, I, I can't, I've not seen demon, a demon before. But I can tell you when a demon is present. When they're lying, when there's lying in a place where we are all a group of friends and one of them, one of us starts to tell a lie, we can see this a lie. That is how you know the devil has come. Demons have come into the gathering. They don't have to have spiritual eyes to see. Then he says that having their own conscience seared, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. The word seared is when you burn, when your skin burns by a hot uh, metal burns your skin. No, there's a way, hot iron or something. There's a way that the skin becomes. When it heals, you see how the, when it heals, all the cells in that portion of your skin they die so they when you press it you don't feel it unlike when you press the other sides of your skin you feel pain if you press the part that was bent and has now healed there's nothing there that's what he's saying hmm. and and verse, verse three the consequence of that is that forbidding to marry commanding to abstain from foods and all sorts of things verse four says well anyway verse two is what i'm looking for so what, what i'm saying is that lying if you start to lie bare face lie or half truth or whatever what happens is that as you continue to do it your conscience 
what we call conscience is the part of you that shows you that always shows you what is wrong and what is right some people call it a moral compass like it is what what helps you to know that you can't do this you can't do this this is right and this is wrong as your conscience a person's conscience must be alive for the person to live to live like a proper human there's some things when the person does it then we wonder whether this guy is he, is he an animal is he a monster is he a real is he a human because there are some things when a human being's conscience is alive and working the person can't do what i'm saying making sense you know sometimes we, we play like boys we play you know we are doing police and thief they say i'm, sh- I'm shot you ch- 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 to fall down and die but you see that's because not a, we're not using real guns but if you give a gun to a, a, a human being whose conscience works and says kill this person it's very difficult to do you can't just kill somebody oh. you can't and if for some reason by some mistake you are the reason why somebody dies eh? you your your mind you will not be mentally sound for the rest of your days that you have killed somebody so those who kill people they kill one person and kill two and kill three something is wrong with them something is wrong and what is wrong with them is that their conscience that part of them which which makes them feel that this thing is wrong it should not be done that part of them it doesn't work anymore it's dead and i'm saying that one of the surest ways to kill your conscience and to destroy it is by telling lies constantly telling lies telling lies one lie another one another one another one and cover up to cover all the previous ones after a while you'll be a human who just walks about and there's no way to know what is good. like to you you can't you can't tell anymore the difference between what is good and what is what is evil all i'm saying making sense to you you may be asking me what's the importance well <laughs> You know. You know. That's how that's how a grown-up man can can a grown-up man can sleep with a little girl that is his own daughter. Is that possible? Even think about it. Three-year-old girl. Four-year-old girl. How you, even you that you are hearing the story can't even begin to imagine it. But he has done it. Because he starts by telling himself lies, telling lies, telling lies, telling lies. And then he begins to be. See what happens is that the lies, you begin to believe them. At first, then, you are telling other people lies. So you have the truth. You are holding the truth in your back pocket. And you are telling them the lie. And then you walk away, they believe it, and then you are laughing at them that they are, they are foolish. Uh, you are wise. But after you have told the lies for some time, and you, and you see how the people keep believing it, you begin to wonder whether maybe what I am saying to them is true. <laughs> maybe. Because you know, the, the, the thing is that, you know, it's, um, it's usually like, if it is only you against many people, at, at some point, they should be able to find out. You, you alone cannot be right and then everybody is wrong or like, you know what I'm So, it's like you come and tell them they believe it. Maybe the thing is true. Maybe what I'm saying, telling them is true. And you begin to believe it yourself. You get it. So, first reason why you should stay away from lying. Lying is, is because the Bible says that it destroys your conscience so that you are not able to determine anymore what is right and what is wrong. And when you begin to behave like that, you are worse than an animal. 
you are worse than, I mean, you are worse than, because the thing that separates us from animals is that we have a conscience. Yeah. You have all of this making sense to you. That's why you can't just stand where you are standing here and say, I want to wee wee and start wee wee in there. I mean, is, I mean can, you can't do that. You can't just do that. <laughs> so, Pupu is coming up. Then, then on the you just this thing is. Can you do that? Can you do that? Number two. Wow. Lies harden your heart. Lies harden your heart when you tell lies. As they, at the same time as they are destroying your conscience. They make your heart also hard. And a liar, a liar has a hard heart. And, and you see, I, I think that the reason why it is so is because it's not it after you have lied for a while, like I was saying, after you have lied for a while, the the effect of your lies go f- from the people you are telling the lie to and now begin to affect you. And so you begin to tell yourself also different kinds of lies and i tell something that is the the most dangerous kind of lie is the one you tell yourself what i'm saying is it making sense to you is it making sense to you yes the most the, the most the, is the one that, that destroys your life that the one that you tell yourself the the best person to person to tell yourself the truth is yourself Tell yourself the truth. You know, when I was in secondary school, I had a friend. My best friend in school. He had, me and him were like, we're the same height, you know. And we had, my, I think my, my head had become bigger, so my ear is not so, whatever. But at that time, my ears used to my ears stand out like that, you know. Ears that stand out like this. So you, when I'm coming, you can see the ears. And he had the same type of ears, and this is my friend. When we were working together, you see two people, <laughs> two ears, you know. And people used to, People used to call me Asokete like when I was younger. And I, I mean, I, I didn't really like it, but I didn't also, I didn't like it at all. But you know when he went to secondary school, when I was with him, man, sometimes somebody said, hey, tell your ears big then, then you know what he used to say? He said, that's why I can hear clearly. Like, he never was offended by it. See, because your ear is big. When you look in the mirror, you can't see it. Why are you saying, why are you telling yourself, my ear is not big? Honestly, is it making sense to you? Like your nose, your nose is flat and wide. It is true. It is true. So when you, you see, and you know that you know something is something that you, you, you notice. The lies the devil is the devil is able to use against you to accuse you are the ones that you haven't accepted the truth about. Yeah, like what is true? Yes, it is true. Like I am a sinner. Yes, it is true. Okay, the moment you you accept it and say yes, it is true, the the power of that accusation is broken. He will leave you alone and walk. He, said, he can't use that thing against you anymore. So your nose is flat. It's big and flat. Yes, I know. Yeah, that's why I have more oxygen. I can breathe more oxygen than the rest of you. Yes, it's true. What, what, can, what is the, can the person say? He meant to say to laugh at you. Is that not it? But now that you have responded this way, that, yeah, it's true, it's, it's true. My nose is very, it's, very, it's even bigger than this. Now it has come down. But yes, yeah, it used to be bigger than this. What, what else can a, can a person see? This is, but what, what is dangerous to you is when you say, no, it's not true. I'm a beautiful girl. I have a beautiful nose. Okay. <laughs> okay. And what happens is that 
when somebody else tries to point out to you something which is not good but true about yourself that reaction to the truth you see is what is what makes because that it will not allow the correction or the the rebuke to enter into your heart and soften it it your heart continues to become the way it is hard you know pharaoh people say that uh, say the bible said that and god hardened pharaoh's heart but if god was the one hardening his heart why again was he punishing them for uh, hard for like how can you harden the person's heart and then punish him again for it look the guy's heart was hard already it's not that god used his god knew that i can depend on this guy's hard heart <laughs> like it won't fail me. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean the guy was already stubborn. Not that it's not that it's not somebody was doing it. Stop. And you know what? What amazes me is right up to the point when he has said, You guys can go. And the guys were going. He sat down and he said, No. <laughs> no. Look, after all the things that he had been through, you can't, you can't, look, Bishop, that was, can you imagine lying in your room, in your bed at night, and there are frogs jumping all over you? Frogs. You still open the fridge, there are frogs in it. You open the, uh, this thing, the abenquine, the frog jumps out of it. Oh! That's what happened to Nemo. Everywhere. Everywhere, frogs everywhere in your bed, in your soup, everywhere, fridge, deep freezer, everywhere there's a frog inside it. The guy said, No, he will not go. <laughs> hey, because you see, because for me, I think that everything look about think about Pharaoh, the lie he had believed about himself. Because in those days, eh, at that time when Israel was in Egypt, eh, if you say today they say superpower, they mention superpowers, they'll say America is superpower. Eh, uh, China is a superpower, North Korea, superpower, Russia, superpower. That, at that time, in that time, Egypt was a superpower. They were conquering nations and, and controlling nations. So the Pharaoh, Pharaoh is not even like American president. It's like America, China, this UK, this, the one you combine all of them together and there's only one president, that was Pharaoh. He believed himself, pa. He, he like this God that Moses was mentioning. He didn't think that, like, like, is there anybody that is more powerful than I am as a Pharaoh? No, they will not go. But when the lie, the lie sits in your heart and takes root, it makes your heart hard. And the story and the end of it, you know it. You know it. Why it will take you to that lie? Is that a whole you, you, you just spoil your whole country, the whole nation is destroyed by one person's hard heart, which is because he believes a lie about himself. Am I not preaching well? I don't know why I'm I'm not sure. Number three. Lies are tools for Satan. If I ask you right now, how many of you want to be used by Satan? You say, <laughs> but some of you, many of you, Satan is driving you every day. 
is driving you every day. You are helping him. He's achieving his aim through you every day. And, and the reason why I'm preaching this is to make you aware that that thing that you are doing, that you think is nothing. I just told a small lie. You know, you know some, of the words that, some of the words in English language which I didn't explain. Like something, something called a fib. Like a fib is F-I-B. Even the shortness of the word shows you that. It's a lie. But it's not a very, it's not a, it's not a very serious lie. It's like, not serious. It's a fib. It's a, it's a, it's a type of lie. Sorry. But see, that's it. So, where he cannot get you to, to tell a big one, he gives, gets you to tell a fib. <laughs> and all he needs is that small fib. That's all. He will, he will carry it all through. I'm saying that anybody who is lying once, twice, at any point in time you find yourself telling a lie, remember that I said this. That at that particular moment, Satan is using you. You have become a chisel or a hammer or something. In Satan's hand, he's holding you like this and he's using you at that moment. And what I'm saying is making sense to you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me give you the John 8:44. The Bible says, You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father, you want to do. New King James. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. There is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So any lie you tell at any point in time, that particular moment, the devil has come. He's, 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 if I ask you, how many of you want to be so? But, but, you are used daily. Yeah. Daily. Who took that milk from the It's not me. Ah. The devil is right behind you. You are, you are at that particular moment, moment he's used. I'll show you something that happened in the Bible, eh? In Genesis 22, okay, in fact, Ahab, Ahab, you know Ahab, have you heard his name before? Ahab was one of the bad kings of Israel. And, but when you look at the story of Ahab, he was not too so bad. What, what was responsible for Ahab's badness was his wife who he married, called Jezebel. If you check Ahab's story, every bad thing that Ahab did, Jezebel was the one who gave him the idea. Let's do this. Let's kill this person. Let's kill this person. Let's take this person. Oh, it's Jezebel. So he himself was not uh, Ahab. So towards the end of his, of, his, of his reign, when God wanted to destroy him based on all the bad things that he had, because he had allowed a lot of idols to be brought into, into Israel at that time. God, you know, I told you about idols and how God doesn't like it. Yeah. So, this is what happened to, to him. Let's, let, me, let, me, let me read it from, from verse 20. So, it came to pass. Hey, am I, am I in the right place? Yeah. 
No, I don't think so. Let me just find it. I think I wrote it wrong. And First Kings 22, not Genesis. First Kings 22. So let, let me read this. Let me read. Some of you don't, don't read these kinds of stories. So let me read it. It's a very interesting. Um, it's, it's long a bit, but I'm just, I'll just read it. Fast, fast, fast. Now, three years passed without, without war between Syria and Israel. Then it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the king of Judah, went down. When you, when you see the king of Judah, the king of Israel, this is the explanation. After Solomon died, you know that story. His son, I had a son, some stupid guy who. Uh, this thing, his friends gave him bad advice, and then he, he, you know, said something bad, and then so when when so when when he met with the elders, and they asked him, how are you going to treat us? Now your father is dead. How are you going to treat us? And he he took the advice of his friends and told the people that my my father he was very lenient on you, but me my father was whipping you with whips. Me I'm going to whip you with scorpions. Small boy, that's what he was telling the grown-ups. When he finished having a meeting with the people, they said, oh, you know something? Everybody to his tent. Like, we are not following this king. Again, we'll decide what to do. In the time of Solomon, the whole kingdom of Israel was 12 tribes. But after this boy, which was it? Reho or Jero? Rehoboam. After they had this thing, this thing happened, the kingdom was divided into two. two. Two tribes and ten tribes. The ten tribes were called Israel, and the two were Judah. So when you hear, so from that point onwards, Israel began to have two kings every time. So when you, you see the king of Judah and the king of Israel. The king of Judah was, was king over two tribes, and the king of Israel was king over ten tribes. Do you understand it? So this is what happened. So Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, do you understand it now? Went down to visit the king of, king of Israel. Uh-huh. So you don't become confused. So the king of Judah went to visit the king of Israel. And the king of Israel at that time was Ahab. And the king of Israel said to the servants, Do you know that uh, Ramon Gilead is ours, but we hesitate to take it out of the land of the king of Syria? We're going to find the Syrians and so on and so forth. Jehovah Shaphat said, verse, verse, verse 5, Please inquire for the word of the Lord today before we go into this battle. Ask God what he thinks. You get it. And then the king of Israel had prophets. They came and told lies. Oh, King Go, today you win, you win. Yo, today the HL is going to win. The Shabbat didn't trust. So he asked Ahab, Is there no other prophet in this town we can ask? He said, Oh, there's one guy. That guy, he never prophesied anything good about me. <laughs> his, his guy's name was Micaiah. He said, No, this Micaiah guy, he doesn't say anything good about me. Duh. Just want to bring him. So they went to go and bring uh, Micaiah. So he came. When, he, when the guy came, he said, oh, tell the battle, how will it go? He said, oh, go, you get this thing, victory. Ahab said, Micaiah, how many times have I advised you that when I ask you something, tell me the truth. Stop lying and tell me the truth. He said, hey, I'll tell you the truth. Today, you, this battle, you not come back from it. He said, didn't I tell you? This guy hasn't prophesied anything good. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? But see, let me show what, what actually happened in, in verse 20, when Micaiah was present, verse 19 says, Then Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. 
I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing by on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fail at Ramoth Gilead? So, this was God in heaven talking. And then one person spoke in this manner. And another spoke in another manner. Verse 21. Then a spirit, a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. So, like God wanted to destroy Ahab. And God was asking, how are we going to achieve it? He was asking it in heaven, like, how are we going to achieve this thing? To destroy Ahab today. There was also, somebody said something, somebody said something. People, ideas came from heaven. Then one spirit came to stand in front of God and said, I will go and convince him to go to this battle. Because Micaiah had already told him that if you go to this battle, you will not come back alive. But he wanted to go still. So, how will you do? so God now asked the, the, the spirit, the 22, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Yeah. <laughs> Go out and do so. <laughs> so verse 23 says, Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and the Lord has declared disaster against you. So I see what I'm, what I'm showing you. So when lies start to come out of your mouth, it's, it's, you, you, I am saying, identify that a certain spirit, a certain lying spirit is using you at that particular moment. And the reasons why we lie are many. Different, 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 different sometimes for personal gain. There's a, there's a rich dude in your class. You want to befriend him. He's befriending another person. You know, that kind of thing. You want to be friends with the guy, but he also is not. So tell a lie about the other guy. So that now that relationship doesn't work and then favors you. Look at you now. But at that particular moment, what you are doing is a, a lying spirit, an evil spirit is using. Uh, is it, I, how, God asked, how will you achieve it? It's all simple, cry. I will turn myself into, I will, be, I will be a lying spirit. I will enter the mouth of all his prophets and the prophesy lies to him. And he will go to the battle and kill himself. And that's how many of us Christians, we allow evil spirits to, and then we go and destroy ourselves. I think my time is finished. So I, I need to just try and round up. Round. But are you understand what I'm preaching to you so far? Is it making sense to you so far? Look, I don't know, but I'm, I'm believing God that as I'm explaining these things to you, you'll be saying to yourself, I don't want to be a person who is used by Satan. I don't want to be a person who is used by the devil. And then you can say, let me read a certain scripture we are closing on this one. We can continue another time. Isaiah 32 verse 7. Verse 7. I'm reading in a certain translation called a new century version. It says, the wicked Isaiah 32, 7. The wicked person uses evil like a tool. The wicked person uses evil like a tool. He plans ways to take everything from the poor. He destroys the poor with lies, even when the poor person is in the right. Are you hear what I'm telling you? Are you see what I'm telling you? It's the main way. And, and you know, very often... If you read the final quest, the beginning of final quest, you will see that the, the, the vision begins with an army that is marching on a battlefield. And this is like a, an army of Christians, but mostly wounded. And they have um, evil spirits on them, riding them like horses, you know, the whole whatever. But um, as, they, as they move on, um, as they move on, then the, the evil spirits that are the command, commanders of the armies, they act that 
they should they should go and scout you know to go and scout and the scouts they use they use smaller demons they send those smaller demons to go and look and see if there's a way for another stronger demon to come and enter and one of those those small scouts demons uh, lies many times before an another more fierce evil spirit comes into your life to destroy you demons of lies come first and they open a door any liar is opening his his life up to more demons and you find more many times when a person is like that there are other sins there if someone is a, if you watch a person is a chronic liar like he lies through his teeth you check he has other things he steals he something something else that is there that is in the person's life may god deliver you from this lying spirits may the lord give you the grace that you need to be able to to you know Ephesians chapter um, 6. I was reading it a while ago. It describes the armor from the stand onwards. The armor of the Christian. And the, and the Bible calls truth a belt. And it makes sense. Because when you take the belt off, then the thing falls down. Your nakedness, you, you will be exposed when your belt, your belt is loose. And that's what happens to, to me. Many Christians don't have truth. Is there not, that's not that. It's not long afterwards. The things you have been doing in secret that nobody knows, it will come out. It will come out. May the Holy Spirit help you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. And like, with Jesus in your heart, you must have truth. It's something that must be there in your life. Tell the truth no matter what the consequence will be. Tell the truth if it means you are going to be killed for it. Tell the truth all the time. Stand to your feet, let's close. I think we, we can close here. Stand to your feet, everybody, and just close your eyes. I want to just pray for yourself, eh? An intense prayer and ask God to help you, grant you the grace to tell the truth. Be a person who tells the truth, no matter what the punishment will be, no matter what the consequence will be, no matter what is going to happen, you will be a person who stands for the truth. Pray for yourself right now. You're praying a very serious prayer for yourself, oh, in the name of Jesus. You are seeing what lies can do to a person. In Jesus' name, Mahabra Sataka, Le Mahamba Sabore Branda Cabro Salabalaba. Help me, O God, in the mighty name of Jesus, to keep my belt of truth tight in the name of Jesus. To stand for the truth, to say the truth, to speak the truth, no matter what the cost will be, in the mighty name of Jesus. No Kalaba. Don't play and finish in your house where you are. Pray this serious prayer that God will deliver you from these evil spirits that cause you to walk in lies and to deceive yourself, deceive others and deceive yourself in the mighty name of Jesus. Reba kabala bala branda lebelebe Emma hasantu kibranta kabranda lebalaba Lentori birianda kabasa toleba In the mighty name of Jesus Father we thank you For the words that we have heard we, we know that the words themselves have power To deliver us Deliver us oh God I pray for everybody who Who has become a chronic liar Who does not understand even why he tells lies about some things I break the power of those evil spirits Over those people now in the mighty name of Jesus as they hear me, O oh God, 
as they hear me, oh God, I pray, I pray over them right where they are in their homes. And I declare that the power of the Holy Spirit will break them loose from these evil spirits in the mighty name of Jesus. Where there was persistent line, the truth will be in place. And Lord, will become people who tell the truth, no matter what the cost will be to us. We'll be known as people who stand for the truth, who always speak the truth in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, with our eyes still closed, I want to pray for somebody. You are, you are at home. You have checked in your life against what I am preaching, and you want to say, Pastor Charlie, I have to give my life to Jesus Christ. I have given my life to Jesus Christ before, but when I see the way things have gone now, I want to do it again and be very, very sure. Just, just put your hand on your heart at home where you are and say this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much and never giving up on me. Today, I come to you as I am. Forgive me all my sin. Lord Jesus, come and live in my heart. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Become the way for me, O God, that I will know where to go, where to walk from now onwards. Become truth in my life in the mighty name of Jesus Lord Jesus write my name in the book of life one day I will be with you and walk with you thank you for loving me and saving me in Jesus name Amen Amen